welcome back to the Cougar Bite. Thank you for joining Saima and I and our guest speaker, James Knight, in part three, the final part in our series, A Journey Towards Cultural Humility. Welcome back, James. Happy to be back. Um, Thank you so much. And, you know, we're concluding an important discussion now, and we've really enjoyed uh, learning about what got you to this important book, uh, what you, got you to the the passion that is your career now, and um, the pivotal the pivotal changes that schools are making, uh, conscious decisions to improve the environment both for students and for teachers. Um, you've been doing this for some time now, both at the school that you're in. Uh, the schools that have reached out to you for assistance. Where do you think you've seen the most impact? Where where have you felt that educators have uh, resonated most or grown most? A lot of awesome moments from this work, it first happens on the individual level where people are seeing things they never saw before, where they were like, oh my God, like, or people say things like, Man, I've been waiting for this for so long. People don't have the opportunity always to be able to engage in this discussion. This is a a very important discussion that I think everybody needs to have the opportunity to be able to work through some of these things, right? There are things that I want to learn from you, things that I've been curious about, but I don't have no place to ask, no place to you know, really have an authentic exchange of this, right? Yeah, I can Google it. You know, maybe this person is an expert at this, but it doesn't have the same impact when I'm talking to somebody and I'm really engaging and I'm learning about their life experience and so forth, right? And so what becomes these aha moments is when you're working with educators, you're working with leaders, and it's almost like, there's this liberty that comes where people are like, wow, there's this relief. And and, and so I love the work that I do because the way that I try to tackle it, I try to meet people where they are and I assume good. Mm. And I don't want people to feel shame, right? I I I want to help people discover things about themselves that they can now begin this change process to say, you know what, there's some things I might need to unlearn, some things I might need to let go. And now I see that there's an opportunity for me to be able to reach out, to be able to do different, to be able to use my privilege, my power, my resources, whatever that might be, to be able to impact change in my community. And also encouraging people to let them know that one person can make a difference. You might make the difference in the life of a child or a student who goes on to have massive social influence, right? (laughs) Or or to lead something, right? You just never know, right? Can you imagine the teacher that was the teacher of Dr. Martin Luther Mm -hmm. King, right? Or, Or whoever his mentor was. We don't know about his mentor, right? We don't know who his teacher was, right? But we know who he was, right? And so, we have to understand that this work is extremely important and we give people an opportunity to be able 
what word do I want to use, right? We give people an opportunity to, to, to just be able to like get some of the weight off of their life. You know, it's, as you talk about helping educators and making it a safe space, it's, it's interesting because so much of this is complicated in that when you think about corporate America and you think about initiatives, we want actionable items and we want to, we have a problem and we've got these actionable items and we're going to fix the problem and then we're going to move on to the next thing. And that's just not what this work is. It's it's forever learning. It's forever changing. The problems of today will be a little bit different in 20 years time and a little bit different again in another 20 years time. It's never going to stop. If we've embarked on a journey to learn, we're on it forever. And and particularly for educators who carry a different kind of weight, I think as a teacher, everything is heightened because you know you're influencing another mind, a mind that is being shaped. And so how do you, we know now we have to get into an uncomfortable space in order for this to be effective. We have to deal with our own fears, our own issues. We have to become humble to them. And then we have to make ourselves vulnerable, step into a really uncomfortable space. And the only way that uncomfortable space becomes comfortable, I think, tell me if you think differently, is frequency. We have to do it again and again and again and again until it starts to feel a little bit comfortable. Um, feels less foreign. It feels, it feels like, yeah, feels a little less foreign to us. And mm-hmm. we can say, oh, you've, you've got a sh- story to share. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not going to judge. And I just want to sit here and learn. How do you help? Uh, James, how do you help folks get into that uncomfortable space um, and then walk away with something meaningful? Yeah, I think I try to challenge organizations and communities to put practices in place so that those practices now become a part of who you are and it's not something that leaves us, right? Things like listening, asking questions, this has to become a part of who we are. We don't just do it for this season because this is what's in style. Mm -hmm. Like people are evolving. This has to stay in place. And so oftentimes companies, organizations, they don't make room for this type of exercise, right? Where people really get to have meaningful, authentic discussion, learning experiences, right? We have to make room for that. And when we do that, I think it really begins to enrich people on an individual level. And when people are able to bring their best self, then it impacts the community. The same way when a person is dissatisfied, they show up into that community. Everyone feels their energy. They're not giving you their full self. They're not working hard and so forth. Then they share things with other people. It dampers their mood, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then it becomes contagious. And so you're trying to nip that, right? And you're trying to nip that by doing just the opposite, by curating these experiences where people can really begin to learn and people really be, begin to feel like they're valued. What comes to my mind, because if, if, it, if it works on the individual level, if it works in a small setting, then it's going to work in a big setting. Like we don't change the principles, right? Mm-hmm. Early on in my marriage, I realized that 
I probably should humble myself as a husband so that I could better understand my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that's that's inspirational right there. <laughs> <laughs> Notes, my friends. Right, right. Because <laughs> because I, I was, you know, you you don't kind of, you know, you become that kind of person where you're like. I know all her stories, right? You think about when you're in a relationship with someone, I know all their stories. I know where you grew up. I, I know what you like and all these different <laughs> things. Then one day it dawned on me, right? My wife was like, I don't like that no more. Mm. I realized that this woman that I met at 19 years old is different at 35. Don't 40. tell me she changed. <laughs> she changed, right? What? <laughs> and this is someone that I wake up to every day, right? And so if... If, if you're in the house with kids, with, with a mate, with a spouse, a partner that's changing, they don't see things the same way. It demands humility. It mm-hmm. demands listening. So if that happens in a small household and you need that with a family of four or even in a unit of just two people, then you're going to have to have that in a community of 100 people, right? 100 teachers, 100 educators. Like you got to have these fundamentals in place because by doing that, it helps to 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 heal or to cure the biases, the assumptions, all that stuff hides under that that, that area of assumptions. So I'm making an assumption. This is what she like because I stopped asking questions. I'm making assumptions. Well, I know you want to do this because I'm assuming she's staying the same. Right. And so companies, schools can't make that assumption that education is going to always be how it is, that people are going to always feel this way. Kids are going to always want this. We're dealing with young people that are growing up in the area of TikTok, in an era of Instagram and Snapchat. The way that they're learning and they're engaging content is different from previous generations. So that demands a pivot. And so what I try to do is I try to encourage educators and leaders. You got to be prepared to make these shifts. Mm. Do you see a lot of similarities? You can speak to both of this, but because you're, you're an author and you're a consultant, so you know writer's block. But have you ever approached a community and you're like, from a consultant perspective, you're like, yeah, I've hit a block. I don't even know where I can help you guys or or is it just so similar across the board where the need is similar? Have you ever had consultant block? Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, I think I think, I think we he all just coined it, Simon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think everyone goes through that, right? That you that you 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 go through challenges where you're just not sure. And so sometimes maybe it's me. Um, sometimes maybe it's the people on the other end they can't get out their own way, you know, and, and, and it, it, I think it's a combination of all of the above, but this is, this is the thing. It, I think it comes back to the fundamental Simon, like how, how can we treat each other better? Mm-hmm. How can we make time to understand each other? Sometimes we might want to make something more than what it is. You know, it, it, it's, it's a lot of different things. And, um, you know, I don't know, but, you know, kind of how I'm built, my personality is that, you know, I'm I'm very determined to figure out how I can add value. Yeah, yeah. That That's that's kind of like, but my goal is I always want to add value. 
you know. I keep forgetting it's your life's mission. So there's there's no block to be had here. This is it. You're in it for the long haul. And uh, I think we're so we're so fortunate. Kathy and I often talk about this. We feel so fortunate because we both are on the DEI committee. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've been in a world pre pre James Knight and we're now in a world with James yeah. Knight. And so yeah. we. Uh, um, I'm not I'm I'm British so I don't want to like tout you too much but we do really love you we're wearing cultural humility heart yeah, hoodies and love, t-shirts man. we are like groupies we're all in right now That's but so how awesome. does uh, so we've got schools and communities listening right now going yeah. I want that at my school how did ACDS find this person you know so we're fortunate that we have a DEI committee we have a chair for the committee we have a head of our school that's deeply, deeply committed, um, passionate about yes. making sure that we do this the right way, yes. where mm-hmm. it's meaningful for our teachers and our parents. Um, so what what are the best steps for a school? What would you advise in terms of, I mean, obviously we can make sure that we put on, on the, the website how folks can get a hold of you, but what would you advise schools that do want to make a meaningful change right now? Start listening. Yeah. Mm. Start paying attention, right? And try to get as many voices as you can into that equation. And you don't rush. There's no rush to this, right? It has to have a flow to it. You can't can't force a relationship, right? But what you can do is you can try to gain better understanding, more understanding, right? Um, seek understanding. Um, and I, I think if people can start to do that, you know, um, that will give them some of the data that they need. So a lot of what I try to do is I try to listen a lot. I think oftentimes people are close to what needs to be done. They have a sense of it. I kind of see myself as a coach just trying to bring out some of the things that might already be there. We just got to focus on it a little bit more. Are there I, things I, that need to be in place as well before you can work with a school? Um, you know, or do you come in and also can help with um, processes or starting the starting the conversation even um, if they haven't even started the listening part yet? Yeah, yeah. So in some in in some instances, I have to do that. Right, I have to help facilitate those listening sessions, right? Also help maybe some schools to visit policies, help them to craft um, goals and, and strategic plans and also a diversity statement and, and to help the leadership to be able to pay attention to some things that they might've ignored. So all of that is included in that. Um, you know, when you're talking about consulting, you're trying to partner with people. You know, I like to, I like to see myself as really a partner, um, less of an expert, but but you know I, I like to see I like to see my work referred to more as hard work. Mm. I, I don't mind standing alone. I'm not trying to be like any other consulting firm or this or that. You know we're gonna have professional development. I like to say I I want to do hard work mm. because when we're talking about belonging, it's a hard issue. Yeah. Does professional development go along with that? Sure. Are there behaviors that have to accompany this? 
Absolutely. But behaviors, they, they're, they're, they're the offshoot of heart. Like what we ultimately do oftentimes kind of comes from a part of what's in us. And um, I want to help people to start looking within first before they start looking without. Um, and, and, and so I think some of what this is, is also a healing part too, is a healing aspect to it too, right? When you, when you work with organizations, you go in, there are people who are hurt. There are people who, who, who just feel disappointed. They've checked out mm. and um, we have to create space for that too, for that reconciliation. Do you ever get dealt, like, do you ever get faced with folks that are just completely overwhelmed by it? That they're like, well, just tell me the end goal. I just want to know the end goal. And uh, it, like this, this feeling of endlessness that I'm, oh, I'm in it forever. You know, it can, mm-hmm. it can be overwhelming. Um, have you been met with that? And how have you helped them? Yeah, I think I think I've been met with with with, with, with almost all of the above. I, I feel that way sometimes. Check, check, <laughs> check, sure, check, check. I'm sure life is gonna remind me, like you ain't got to this one yet. You ain't seen this one yet. <laughs> right. Um, but I that's the beautiful thing about me being in this role, right? Is that I get to be an encourager, I get to be a coach, and part of that job description or is is it, it comes with that. But at the same time, I need that too, right? As a mm-hmm. person too, right? That I need to have a, a circle of friends of others that can encourage me. So my job may be to be strong and to encourage and say, we're going to get through this. We're going to figure it out. But understanding that I need that as well as a person. And we and I hopefully whoever's listening, they remember that because there are people listening that's going to, that have these roles. Maybe it's not consultant but they have different roles where they got to be on, right? They got to tell people it's going to be all right and help people work through situations. But, um, you know, you need that. And and, and I I try not to take that for granted. I think the biggest thing people ask this question though, they they say, where, where, where does this not work? Mm. Right. And where does this, the culture, humility, all where does it not work? Okay. Yeah, people, are you seeing it not work? I'm like, well, sure. It, it doesn't work when a, when a culture is so toxic that it doesn't want to change. You know, everything rises and falls with leadership. And so um, if if a culture is toxic, it don't make a difference. What do you say? What, what plan you got? Right. It's not going to work. And so you, you, you do need somewhat of a positive, strong, healthy culture so that you can help people you know, fine tune some of the things that they might be blinded to that they might not see fully yet. Um, But, you know, I think the challenge is that everybody wants the microwavable solution. What does this look like? What do I got to do? And all this and that, like, you know, if, if it was that easy, you know, I, I, you know, we wouldn't be here, right? It's it's complicated. And and a lot of it is helping people to create healthy environments. You know, like you ever heard that quote, hurting people hurt others, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Like um, there's an element to this, right? That that has this medical physical aspect to it, that we got to get the right energy in in space and, and, and reset. 
so that we can hear what we need to hear. Because some people are so, they're going through so much, they can't even hear. Mm. And, and that what makes the change hard, right? We've all been in relationships and situations where like, ah, I'm like, I'm not saying that. Mm. Like, please, like, listen, mm. listen. And when you don't have that, it's almost impossible to bring about this type of change. When you have people who've lost trust in the leadership or the system and they stop listening. As we track the footprints of your journey and we see the map and you're going from school to school, from institute to institute, community to community, and we work through your book, we work through your teachings, through your um, suggestions, advice. Mm -hmm. And then in five years time or 10 years time, you look back at those places where James Knight visited or folks went through heart and they used it as a, as an active book to work through. What do you hope to see? What changes or what, what impact do you hope to make? That's good. You know, I think, cause I've been doing this. It w- I wasn't calling it DEI, right? I- I've been mentoring a lot of young people and young adults for a long time. I think what happens, like my, my acts of kindness or like the things that I give, people become more thoughtful. They become more caring. Um, they see things they didn't see, right? They're, 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 they're more strategic, um, more inclusive, right? It's not about me, right? It's about us. And, and, and for it to be about us, I need to take the focus off of me right now. Um, helping people to understand that, also helping people to understand that part of being human is that giving is so liberating that I, I, I should focus on giving more than receiving. Mm. I never met a person who was a big giver that didn't have joy, mm-hmm. that didn't have much. True. Yeah. Because it's almost like this law of the universe that when you have it in your heart to give, the universe gives it back to you, Yeah, you know, and, 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 um, so and so I, th- I think of the same thing, right. You know, um, as it pertains to trying to build authentic relationships, experiences and so forth. Part of my research, what came out of that was as I was listening to the voices of parents, students, teachers, there's like this law of reciprocity, right? That if I give authenticity, I get it back. People always like, well, why don't you show me? Why aren't you this? And why didn't you tell me this? And people, you know what most people say? Because you didn't tell me. (laughs) Mm. Right? No, I remember my dad would say to me, 
if you're down to your last two pennies, he's he's big on giving and the universe gives yeah. back. He's a strong believer in that. He's like, you're down to your last two pennies and you see someone that needs a penny, you give them a penny and the universe will give it back to you. I'll be like, no, dad, now all you've got is a penny and you're broke and what are you going to do with yeah. it? It took yeah. me a long time to understand that holding on to it and just not giving it away doesn't make you... Um, it doesn't make you any better in any way. All it does is you've got that one penny now. That's it. Mm -hmm. You're refusing to let it go. So yeah, it's. Mm -hmm. Another way to frame this is to think about, I'm a big believer that the things you see in nature often tells a story uh, of things that we see in the human experience, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't put a seed in the ground and expect it to come up the next day. Right. I know I need to cultivate it. I need to make sure that the soil is good, water it, give it some sunlight. Right. And this is what I've learned from people being in the people business. Right. Sometimes we get frustrated because we might think they're not getting it. That's not true. There is there, growth happening. We just haven't seen it yet. A lot of it's happening internally. So. When we see a flower come out the ground, all of a sudden, we know that there's been a lot of inward growth in the dark, right? In the darkness of that soil, you got the roots going down, you got all this other stuff happening. So it's growing right away. You just can't see it. And we have to understand this thing about people and culture, that there are some things that are happening. It just haven't emerged yet. So we continue to do what we know is right. And before you know it, that person who you thought was your biggest opponent, before you realize things start happening and they start seeing it. Change sometimes is instant, sometimes it's not, but oftentimes change is, you know, it, it's, you know, it, it progresses. Such an apt metaphor. Um, we feel so fortunate that we get to partner with you, James, at ACDS, um, that your very philosophy and your approach and your vision um, for cultural humility just so closely aligns with our school philosophy and how we are so relationship focused and based that we believe it, it you know, we believe it starts there. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so happy that we got to have you on this podcast, um, this three-part series. I hope that everyone enjoys listening um, to this whole journey. And, and we invite them to begin their journey if they haven't yet. Uh, we look forward to hearing from our listeners. And we hope you tune back in for our next Cougar Bite podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Dr. James Knight, please visit his website at HTTPS www.leadwithhumility.org. Thanks for tuning Thank in. Thank you.